Long time coming and give it time. You're with Julian on the brown note and a review of the movie The Car Counter, one of the awards season likely movies. Now, I walked into this one not realising uh, the astonishing treat that I was about to have, not because it was a great film. My number one film of the year in 2019, I think, was First Reformed. I think one of the most egregious snubs by the Oscars in modern history, that coruscating, horrific and amazingly searingly original and, and powerful movie about Ethan Hawke as a priest who has people in his congregation desperate about the world around them and it seeps into him. Things like climate change and so on. But this absolute horror that the world is doomed seeps into him. And it's in a, a masterpiece of the film. It was my number one film of the year. And it should have... Uh, didn't it get nominations? I think it got a screenplay nomination. It would have been a worthy winner of Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay. And Ethan Hawke in a career best performance. Not even getting a nomination. It really wound me up. Well, that was directed by Paul Schrader. And this is the film that he has made after that one, which is very exciting. Paul Schrader became very well known as a screenwriter for, in particular, Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. That's what you're dealing with here. And this time around, we get uh, William Defoe in a very minor role, but the lead role, which is dominant throughout, Oscar Isaac, an actor I've had an enormous amount of time for ever since Inside Llewellyn Davis and uh, in multiple films, even uh, like A Most Violent Year, that was another masterful performance. And Ty Sheridan, who's cropped up in a few films as a, a younger kid, here he, he must be pretty old now to be playing this role. How old is he? He's, he? 24, I can't believe he's still so young. And he was in The Tree of Life, Mud, Joe, uh, so he's done some really great films uh, and got sucked up in the um, Marvel Universe as, in, as playing Cyclops. Now, this film starts with um, Oscar Isaac's character. He's a, playing cards and he's a card counter in Blackjack where it's illegal for some reason. For some reason, beating a game is illegal. How is it illegal to be a card counter? How being really good and beating the game can be illegal. I just don't understand that. But he, it becomes apparent that this is a guy that has just come out of a military prison after eight years inside. And we find out that he's one of the guys in the photos in the Abu Ghraib scandal. And it becomes apparent that basically any of those soldiers, and particularly that female soldier that were pictured holding nooses around Iraqi prisoners' heads with black bags on their head, went to jail in American military prisons for long periods of time, while all of the other top brass and, and private contractors that couldn't legally be prosecuted because the crimes didn't happen in America, so they were never prosecuted at all, all got away with it, and ended up making millions on the speaking circuit and as consultants, which is what William Defoe's character, very underused here, is doing. So he's, Oscar Isaac comes out of prison and begins a life as a gambler, a ser very serious gambler. All he does is play cards all day, all night. Uh, and we learn some un un weird things about him. Every time he goes into a hotel room, 
He moves anything that's recognisable out of the room and covers every surface in a sheet, including the lamp on the table. Covers that in, in sheets. The bed, the side table, the chair, the whole room is covered in sheets. We are presented with a very, very bleak character, but it's one that actually isn't quite so bleak as I thought it might end up being. He's not so completely closed off from the world as the initial sort of 15 or 20 minutes give you the view of that you're going to get this very, very marginalized human being. He actually does have a very wide-ranging personality and the ability to show empathy and to deal with other human beings, much more so than this very austere, strange opening. Along the way, Ty Sheridan meets him at one of William Defoe's seminars where he goes and sits down and watches this guy that basically caused him to lose eight years in jail. And we also get um, some snapshots back to where they're in prisons, torturing these Iraqi prisoners and so on. As well as some interesting backgrounding information, such as the fact that the techniques used in Abu Ghraib were actually used in America to protect American soldiers from giving up information during interrogation. So these were tactics that consultants came in and used on American soldiers to make them ready to, if they're captured in Central America or tortured, that was to protect American military information from and the soldiers from interrogation. All of the stuff that you saw in Abu Ghraib happening and Guantanamo Bay happening to those people happened to American soldiers to train them. But once they got the post 9/11 prisoners, they realised that none of them were giving up any information. The decision was used to turn what used to be a training method on American soldiers into uh, a method of torture on their, vi on their prisoners. I didn't know that. I thought that was really interesting. So anyway, Oscar Isaac is at this, uh, at this seminar that this William Defoe contractor is giving, and Ty Sheridan spots him. And Ty Sheridan's dad, who committed suicide, was in the same boat as Oscar Isaac. They were both stationed in Abu Ghraib, and they both went to jail. Uh, and they both, you know, name was mud all through the news media and everything like that. But his dad ended up a violent alcoholic and taking his own life. He now has a plan to capture William Defoe and to torture him to death. Sounds rather bleak, doesn't it? It's a very still film and it's, a, it's an often austere film. Oscar Isaac, however, actually shows a great deal of human empathy and compassion by dragging the kid on the road with him and trying to force him to reconnect with his mother and go back to university and dissuade him from this very savage, brutal and destined to failure plan. And the other in this three-hander is Tiffany Haddish, who is uh, someone that runs Stables of Gamblers. The World Series of Poker hangs over this and um, she basically represents wealthy investors. She goes out and she watches really good card players and really good gamblers and backs them with the money from these other investors who then get, you know, they give you half a million, you end up making five million, they get their cut. They get half of their money. And Oscar Isaac's very against this whole kind of idea. He likes living his anonymous life on the margins and he makes the point that all the casinos know he's a card counter, but they put up with him because they only really care about people that take the mickey and go for millions, whereas he makes sure that he goes for small amounts consistently. So it's it's a symbiotic relationship with the host. 
But because this kid comes on the radar, he then actually thinks, I need, I want the money because I want to send this kid back to university, clear his debts, and get him the hell away from this plan of murder that he's got. All very honourable stuff, and the rest of the movie pans out as a road movie, a fairly repetitive casino-to-casino road movie, uh, with some interesting stuff happening on the way, and the relationship with uh, Oscar Isaac and Tiffany Haddish blossoming like... I guess cause, uh, not just because she's black, but because they're both not young, I guess, um, uh, in, a, in a manner that reminded me of Jackie Brown, that movie. It was, and the fact that it's um, often, it's, it's a very platonic love that develops between them at first. So it did remind me a little bit of that brilliant relationship in Central to Jackie Brown. Now, I had a very high hopes for this film. The previous film by Paul Schrader, writer of Taxi Driver and Raging Bull was my film of the year uh, and it's one of the most shocking and devastating films I've seen this century um, and this one kept teasing me that it was going to go there but I have to be honest and overall it was a slight letdown um, I think there are elements in it which aren't quite fully realised. I thought the Ty Sheridan character was a little bit weak. Ty Sheridan's been excellent in everything I've seen him in, but slightly less so here. He seemed to play a fairly ordinary kid. Tiffany Haddish is wonderful. A very alive person. It almost seems clumsy her acting at the start, but the more she goes on, she's so consistently human. Um, but some elements, this film does drag a bit and it is, is repetitive a bit. Um, I also, I'm not sure about how satisfying the denouements are. Much of the two major denouements are off screen. Uh, I don't really know why it kind of undercuts the tension. It kind of removes you from that process and it sort of glides to a finish rather than first reform devastating ending. This one, it kind of reaches a peak in the middle and kind of, it, well, about a third away from the end, some big events start unfurling. But you don't really see them. And it kind of peters down from that by the time it's finished. And I'm not sure that all of the story was well written here in the, in the fact that they, some of the elements hung in the air and didn't really get resolved. I didn't feel... I didn't feel that the Ty Sheridan character was deeply written. There is no doubt that Oscar Isaac is a potential career best in a career full of brilliant performances. I absolutely loved his acting here. You spend the entire film locked inside this unknowable head. Yet, even though he appears to be this unknowable, bleak, austere human being, he is actually a very wide-ranging person. He does actually manage to have a successful emotional relationship with both the kid and the woman, which I thought was really good, and it really showed there was a, a beating human being there. It also showed the relationship between... Uh, this was probably the most potent part of the screenplay, which was how much are you to blame for your actions and carrying really horrible actions with you, the guilt, and your culpability for them. And what does that mean to a man uh, in this case? And, and those parts of the film were the strongest. Where it kind of let me down a bit was <clears throat> the notion that they would go after William Defoe as a contractor who got away with it. He was kind of like them, just not in the army. 
and and I thought it was kind of like going after yourself just because you got away with it when it was should have probably been the higher brass or the um the people actually ordering it to happen I didn't I didn't sort of buy that the contractor himself was the be or, be end of be all and end all of evil here in this in this paradigm because he wasn't doing that much different than if he'd been a commander in the army he was he was the boss of Oscar Isaac as a soldier doing the same things so I didn't really buy that moral contrivance unless it was about Oscar Isaac pursuing himself which I could have bought there's also quite a lot in this film that doesn't add up um like even even some of the um practicalities of what's happening he bathes his room in sheets all the time motel rooms and I just kept thinking there's no maid ever go into these rooms and see what this freak is doing he lives he, all year round in these motel rooms you would think at some stage a maid is going to see this secondly they he takes the kid on the road with him and no mention is made of their sleeping arrangements or the fact that the kid doesn't know he lives like this either but they spend all their time together and there were lots of sort of things that i was sort of like when we have the final table in the world series of poker it's a much more subdued affair than this all you know worldwide wrestling glitz stadium thing going on it's a really sedate affair so there were some some logistics and some um, likelihoods in this film where I felt like it was a little bit unfinished uh, and where things needed to be taken with a pinch of salt as they weren't quite likely to have happened in the real world. So I'm holding this up to a very high standard given the previous film, First Reform, was my film of the year. There is still an awful lot to re recommend here. The soundtrack is magnificent by uh, Robert Levon bean who is one half of black rebel motorcycle club a band i loved at the start of the 2000s i don't know how much soundtrack his work he's done very cliff martinez very moody uh and i did i really like the music uh sometimes the cinematography was really interesting other times i felt like the way things were shot and, and it, it sort of belied that maybe there was a really small budget on offer here uh and maybe that's why we had to see some of the denouements off screen Maybe that was a budgetary thing. I don't know. But I don't think it was an all-round successful screenplay for me. Still one of the year's most interesting films. It, prob it went through passages of being compelling for a while and then kind of drifty and a little bit repetitive as well. So holding up to the highest standard given who's involved, uh, definitely an Oscar nomination for Oscar Isaac. And um, I... And still one of the year's most interesting films. So I'm going to give the card counter an 8 out of 10. Still a really good score. I was hoping that you know, it would be pushing the 9s. Uh, this is an odd choice from Joy Division's, I think, from Safety to Wear EP. But now ensconced on the Substance album. This track, From Safety to Wear.